2: They're
3: like, if casual and cool, had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com.
4: So that was like all I had was basketball. Wow. And I still wasn't that good. (laughs) It's tough. (laughs) You were a damn good father be intentional about
2: that. Mm.
5: So everything that I do with my kids now is intentional. I walked to
3: and I picked them off. So I made all 21 outs myself in Mm. a high school game. And y'all already know where I'm going with it. He got mad at me for walking two people.
1: I'm a dad to my kids and then there's times where I can see myself a kid who happens to be a dad. Yeah, for sure.
5: Cool. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. to it. Cut to it. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to
1: it. A special edition of Cut to it. Um Wanna oh, be straight ahead of me? Uh former teammate, good friend, Mike Tobert. In the building, in the studio. Coley oh, Mick, actually. co-host, wearing his Boston hat. Always. Yeah. Uh any good suggestions on vacation for those guys?
4: Uh, not, they need to be in the gym. <laughs> yeah. In the gym. Okay.
1: And then our show. Manager, booking manager, backstage, Joe, Joe Fushi, and then obviously uh, myself. Um, I love this. This podcast is really unique and special this time of year. This is the uh, Father's uh, Father's Day episode. Week of heading into Father's Day. Um, there's a lot of people who have different stories, different journeys, different paths. And each each one of us has a different path, and then we're also fathers. So I believe that's uh, extremely significant because we're all managing through different things. Coley, you have two two kids. Mike, you have three. Three. Yeah. Um, two. Two girls. Two. Boy. Yeah, two girl, girls. Boy, girl. Yep, two boys and uh, one girl. You have one girl. And then I have three boys and one girl and obviously parenting girls are different than boys. Also parenting based on their personalities. Mm-hmm. So you have all of that and then you have your significant other. They are significant. Others have been parenting, have been raised a certain way and we have been raised a certain way. And so you combine those and you put them in a the household. And I love to say it gets a little spicy. It gets interesting, it gets fun, but also gets a little bit of friction because. Everybody doesn't seem to see the same thing the same way. And sometimes seeing things differently can be frustrating. Um, I know I think more for my wife is frustrating because um, for a long time, felt like the superhero meaning had to fight every battle. And not every battle you need to fight. There's sometimes I lose my kids because of, you know, it becomes a monologue versus a dialogue. And I think that at times can be frustrating for her. Um, <clears throat> I know for myself, the reason why has to do with. The way I was brought up as a child. For me, the way I was brought up was kids are to be seen, not her. My mom is one of thirteen. There's about probably about sixty of us that are alive and kicking. Then um, my dad, he is one of four. Grandparents steer the ship. Okay, every every holiday was at grandma's house. Grandma taught me how to cook, so they, there was a lot of different dynamics. And I know how we are raised informs us, good and bad, how we parent. We sometimes we don't even know. So Coley, I start with you, my co-host. How would you describe your upbringing? And how does it apply to maybe seeing some patterns in your parenting that you didn't even realize? And that you're starting to connect dots even as I talk a little no, bit. No, it's,
4: it's one thing I think about a lot. My mm. father and mother used to argue all the time because he would be like, when you use something, put it back where you found it. And I find myself being the same, like, I never understood why he was so angry, like why he got to that level of like, it's still around. It's like, you still see it. And now when I, when I go to reach for something and that's not there, I'm like, he was right. I mean, this, is, this is infuriating that it's not in the place. It's like, well, why are the scissors? in the bathtub. Like, this isn't where they go. How did this even come about? Why are they up here? <laughs> it's,
2: yeah, it's <laughs>
4: okay, I was, trying. I was like, Been why didn't they? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, alright. Um, but yeah, I was raised uh, in, in Boston by someone, a parent who worked for the city and another parent who worked for the state. So, true Boston lower middle class. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't I don't, struggle is not the right word, but it wasn't the easiest thing that's ever happened either. Um, And it was made more difficult when I was one. My father got cancer Mm. to the point where they read him his last rites. Um, And so I lived my entire life waiting for him to die. And I don't mean that as like, like he was, he beat the cancer and lived for, 25 more years after that, Mm. but he also raised me in a way like, listen, I might not be here tomorrow. So you like I was in training to be the man of the house every day, Mm. which is an immense amount of pressure that he knew. It was an immense amount of pressure, but he also just thought like, you need to graduate high school and graduate college so you can start contributing because he thought he was going to die every day. Uh, so that was depressing me to grow up, um, constantly staring death in the face. But it, he did raise me to be a father at the end of the day. That was how I was raised. I was always raised to, he talked to me like, like a medieval lord, like our last name means everything. He was like, listen, it's us against seven billion people. So if, if you're not ready for that, I don't know what to tell you. So I was I was constantly like, my last name means everything. I've accomplished more than anyone with our last name. <laughs> like, it's, it is not. <laughs> you we, with us. we are <laughs> not some royal family. We are, like, my, my mother's parents and my father's parents both came off the boat in the 20s. Like, oh. they're none of... From where? From Poland, Ireland, and uh, Italy. Wow. So, uh, like, none of... No, we don't come from anything we have no rich history of anything but he he was like our last name means everything so that's just how i grew up uh so naturally i had two girls uh which is <laughs> not helpful in that regard at all um but he did very much raise me to parent um so i've i have always felt prepared to be a parent and luckily as you are saying it's it's a it's me and my wife it's not just me um and so i think a big adjustment for me was to be like she is a lot smarter at a lot of this stuff than i am despite how i was raised for this she just has that mothering touch mm. she cares so much about our kids and i do too but she day in day out is giving everything to them and then i go to work and i do this and when I'm with them, I love them and I, I do as much as I can, but it's just different. Mm-hmm. It's different watching. And I think she thinks I'm not doing as much, which is probably true, just based on the pure man hours. Um, And I think it, it it wears on her and it makes her tired, not tired with me, but just like physically exhausted. So I think when she sees she's pouring all of her energy into it, and I'm more pouring I don't even know what what it is, but care and attentiveness. Not that she's not caring, but when I when I'm doing things differently, I think she uh, can get angry with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which I think is normal. I don't think that's crazy. No, that's
1: not. Wow. We're gonna come back to some of
4: that. <laughs> I was fine. like, was I'm bad.
1: fine with that. Yeah. Wow. It's, and to be. Growing up every single day, one, waiting for you, know, not waiting like you are hoping, but- Oh yeah. You know, you're not hoping, but you are- Preparing. Yeah. Preparing and waking up, waiting for the bad news. Mm-hmm. Anxiousness. Yeah, anxiousness, yeah. the nervousness, the the, the uneasy, the waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. Every single day. That definitely is not a normal childhood. No,
4: no. Life or, or just thinking. No, no, it was a ton of pressure, Yeah, like immense pressure. And I'm an only child, obviously, too. So there's oh, wow. no one else to lean on. It was like it's you or the family collapses yeah. from underneath. Um,
1: Which is is a terrible I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's a terrible thing. The thing about as a young man, mm-hmm. right, as a parent, you, it's terrible. It, it's a, as an adult, it's a, it's a revolving door. Like, you, you got to learn how to shut it off. But as a kid, you have no skills mm-hmm. to know how to compartmentalize at all. No, mm-hmm.
4: no, no. Yeah, it was, it was a tremendous burden, um, yeah. but it was the reality of the situation. I understood it. And it was <laughs> kindergarten, first grade, third grade. They tried to hold me back because of my maturity. Um, So I was a, a little jackass. Like they were, <laughs> I, was, I was the, again, they, I'm the youngest kid when I'm 16. It's not that big of a gap when you're four with six-year-olds like it's that's a huge pretty big gap yeah. and so but my grades were always top of the class so they didn't really have anything to stand yeah, on but emotionally
1: you were you were behind
4: and i still am uh, you <laughs> know, i mean emotionally, for sure you yeah two, so two
1: years younger than like, i mean technically
4: still in pull-ups a little bit yeah for sure yeah second grade i can remember why only like a mile and a half but walking home every single day Going home, just sitting there and like, just kind of waiting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was, I was just left to my own thoughts for a, a long, all my life pretty much mm. until I got to high school and that's, or even middle school when I just went to the courts every day. Cause that was like that's my that's, safe space.
1: That's what that jumper became. Yeah.
4: You know, pretty much like I would just be there from school got out at two courts closed at 10. That's when I got home. Mm. So that was like all I had was basketball. Wow. And I still wasn't that good. (laughs) It's (laughs) tough. It's real tough. A lot of hours put into being okay. (laughs) Good work ethic. Yeah, tremendous. (laughs)
1: Hey man, he he going there, yeah,
4: he'll he'll work it out. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that was, basketball raised me, TV raised me. My parents, I'm not even trying to say parents, my parents didn't raise me. They were really good parents. Uh, but they were, they had to work. Like, you know it, what I mean? They, we, they
1: were present, but not emotionally.
4: Yeah, it was just different, you know yeah. what I mean? Like my mother is 100% Irish and Irish Bostonians are, you don't talk about anything. You know mm. what I mean? You just keep it in here. Um, And my father's Italian and Polish, but I don't really understand, like I don't know my Polish heritage at all. I know him as being like very Italian. Mm. and his cancer was up here so he pretty much lost his voice so it was very gruff from all like the radiation it was very gruff it was very like an angry whisper um mm. so when he would yell like the volume didn't get louder but like the the anger in his voice got there and it scared the shit out of people <laughs> like not, like not necessarily me because i got used to it but mm. like if he if someone slighted him and like he He had a lot of prescriptions, so he would go to CVS, and if they just like messed up something small, CVS was dead to him. He's going to Walgreens now. (laughs) If they messed up, he would forgive CVS and be back there. Walgreens is dead. So like that, that Italian vindictiveness is for sure something I carry. Appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I love my parents. They they live paycheck to paycheck, and they did everything they could for me. That's I can't ask for more than
5: that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm from Georgia. You know, I grew up a single parent household. You know, my mom was mother and father from the time I can remember. Um, she she did everything. You know, what I'm saying she was it was me and my older sister, my older sister, four years older. Um, my mom is the reason why, who I am today. She taught me how to be a man even though you say a woman can't teach a man how to be a man. She taught me how to be a man. Um, She taught me my work ethic. She taught me, you know, the drive to figure it out. You know, in our family, we like to say we got to figure it out, bone. it was born with an extra rib? It's, it's a figure it out bone, you know, no matter the situation, no matter the toughness of the situation, you know, whether you're getting kicked out of a house, getting evicted or, your car repossessed we, we got to figure it out because she would always say we got to figure it out because i got to go to work in the morning you got to go to school you know what i'm saying so i, I carry that with me you know today I even i even told my wife she had to grow a figure it out ball because <laughs> she didn't grow up the same way i grew up like you said you know my wife she's from california she um grew up nothing against california anyway <laughs> but um I ain't saying that's why I had to say this. Uh she's from California, but you know what I'm saying? She grew up, you know, mother and father in the household, her and her little brother, but they had a lot of family around. They had a lot of help, right? Um, they wasn't ball means, wasn't well off, but they made do, right? But they had two parents, you know, it was just my mom. Um and she she like I said, she was the rock, you know, and and I, I take a lot of what I do with my kids from her. I see some of the things I say and I'm like, dang, I sound like CeCe.
2: You
5: know what I'm saying? Just like, I sound like my mom. Or my son would be like, you sound like Grammy." You know what I'm saying? Because he's heard her say that Mm -hmm. and then he's, I'm right behind repeating it. You know, I say that, I'll say this. I am the father I am today because of the father I didn't have yesterday. You know what I mean? My dad was never around. You know, I can remember vividly seeing him twice, you know, that was, I was one time I was 12 years old. And um, my mom took him to court, tried his house for. Him. Right. He lied and all that stuff. And then I saw him the day I got signed to the San Diego Chargers. We had a party at my sister's house. He came. And I'm kind of like, we good over here. That you know what I'm saying? But that was the only two times I remember seeing him. So, I take that from all the experiences that I had as a kid, you know, all the football games, basketball games. That's one thing my mama did is she wasn't paying for no babysitter just because she couldn't get off until 637. So if I can stay at the Boys and Girls Club till 6, then she come me. So I was in everything as a kid, right? Somehow made every football game, every basketball game, every baseball game, every wrestling match, every track meet. You know, I ran Fat Boy Relay. Y'all know what that is. You know what I'm saying? Four by one for the fellas over two forty. <laughs> I always say that I'm the father I am today because of the father I didn't have yesterday. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna be at every dance. I got a dance side of the night. You know what I'm saying? For my youngest. Going to that. I'm at every football game, I'm coaching my son's football team, you know, <laughs> um, basketball. Whatever they do, I gotta be present yeah. because I didn't realize until I got older, but I missed that influence. You know what I'm saying? I never really had a male role model in my life until my aunt got married. And I was 17 at the time. You know what I mean? Somebody that I could call on talk to day to day that genuinely cared about me. You know what I'm saying? Like my uncle was there, but he got his own kids. He had a whole lot of stuff going on, but I could really talk to him. You know what I'm saying? I felt like we related more, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I never really had male role I had coaches, I had friends and their parents and stuff, but it wasn't mine, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was different. So that's that's how I grew up, man. Um, it's It's been a, wor- a whirlwind, but at the same time, I'm I'm grateful.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: I'm grateful for my upbringing because it's made me the man I am today.
1: It's been unique, you know, obviously me and you've been in a locker room together. And seeing you now and hearing you talk, it it makes it connects the dots for me of why you're such a charismatic and high energy guy, right? Like me and you always, me and you always understood each other, right? And I know I was for myself, I was, you know, I'll go last. I was an interesting. Uh, individual, um, because I had an interesting upbringing as well. And so it's, uh, so it, I, it really makes sense now. And it's, it's really cool to see what you're saying and then be, a, and then I'm going back in my mind going, oh, mm, yeah. So, you know, and then obviously watching you as, as a dad, man, is, I can see that you, you're filling in that gap for, your, for for what you miss.
5: Man, I think my main thing, honestly, is, as you know, I, like, I work with kids all the time. Yep. My main thing is to make sure that kids in my area, you know what I'm saying, don't feel the same void that I feel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, especially my son, because I'm not, I'm raising my son to be a good man, but I'm not raising him to be a good man for him. It's for his wife, Mm -hmm. his kids, when he has kids. I want him to continue that. You know what I'm saying? And speaking like what Coley said, when you remember getting off the bus, walking home, Mm -hmm. being home by yourself, I was the same way. You know what I'm saying? Trying to cook bacon at
4: nine (laughs) years old and stuff. I got so good at making eggs because it was just like we, (laughs) like like I said, we always have food, but it was like not yes. this like huge it's not full, you know, it's you not gotta stock. Figure it out. Yeah, you got to figure it out. And I was like, I know I can't mess these up too bad.
1: <laughs> Put piecing together a meal every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Joseph.
3: Yeah. Joe. So uh just listening to you guys talk and you know, we've had the inter- opportunity to interview a lot of individuals, male and female, and Everybody is from different places, but a lot of our stories are are a lot alike. I mean, there's one piece of it you can take from somebody else. So when I look at mine, I listen to you guys. It's like it's almost a conglomerate. You're from the South. You're from the Northeast. I grew up in Las Vegas. So I've already already got a strike against me right there. (laughs) Um, And my father parented me out of fear. I I was in fear my whole life. Mm. Um, I would get the brake speed off of me. I mean, sometimes I deserved it. Let's be honest. You know, I was that little a-hole, but a lot of times I didn't. It was just, it was, it was just because, um, so being led out of fear, whether it's your father's going to pass away, you don't have a a, a father figure role model, uh, takes a toll on you from my perspective is, man, what am I going to mess up today? Cause I knew if I mess something up, it was it was on me it, it, whatever he could get his hands on i was i was going to get hit with it didn't matter what it was growing up in athletics my father was in my life he was always my coach but the feeling that i got going through my life as long as i was good he was cool with me like if i i pitched you know i played high school i played college i played a little minor league professional baseball and as long as i was good he was all about it but like if i did something wrong then he would always lead out of fear. And I remember you just use certain glimpses of life as you go back on, you know, in high school, we all know it's seven innings, 21 outs. Well, I struck out 19 people. I walked two and I picked them off. So I made all 21 outs myself in a high school game. And y'all already know where I'm going with it. He got mad at me for walking two people. Like, I'm pretty sure there's not a lot of guys in this right. world at any level that have made all 20 and they were garbage, but it's okay. Yeah. I still got no, I still got was, them I still got it. them numbers, right? You did So just he would always take the negative out of it. And you know, a lot of times our coaches will, you know, they don't want you to fall in love with yourself, but it'd be nice to get some recognition. Not that we always want that at a boy, but getting that from a parental figure is something that we all want.
1: No, I I, I our in the drag mm-hmm. is what we need.
3: Thank you. Thanks. It is, it is I retract, it's, it's what we need. And no matter how good you think you're doing, you look at Jimmy across the street, like his parents are there having fun with him. And, you know, sometimes you're thinking, like, dang, like, man, I wish I could have that, you know, but you can't say anything because then you get you get jammed up. Um, from my, my age of probably nine to 12, I probably spent six to eight hours a day in a casino. Um, my, my mother had a gambling addiction and she would take me. And I would go sit in a casino in an arcade. And uh, to this day, I can't stand a maraschino cherry because that's all I I can't believe I didn't have diabetes. I would drink Shirley Temples all day long. And every once in a while, my mom would come in and throw a bucket of quarters at me. And I would just play pinball and, you know, video games. So I'd go home and I would get jammed up for something. And then I always lied for mom. Where were all at? Oh, we were at so-and-so's house. So I'd cover for mom because... At least, you know, in my mind at the time, she was showing me attention Mm -hmm. because even though it wasn't true love, I looked at it shoot, I'm getting free drinks and playing video games. This is great. But in reality, it wasn't. You know, my best friend was like a cocktail waitress. You know I mean? That was just that was just the way that I grew up. So when I look at my childhood and I think athletics kind of saved me and helped because all my coaches were that parental thing that I needed. I would always want to go to coach's house right I always want to hey can we go at pool party I'm in I, right. I'll bring the snacks can I can, can I, <laughs> I just didn't I just didn't want to go home right? right you know I knew I had a talent so as I started getting up you started to get recognition um that was all about my dad that's when he loved me most when I was coming up through high school because he knew my name was in the papers so he would be associated with that. So my mom dips out on us. We lose our house because she gambled it all the way back in the day. And you, know, you could sign a loan for anything, right? Today, it's all secure. But like back then, you, know, you just sign over your house. So we had no place to live, no place to go. Um, found a place to live at one of my friend's houses. I go to college. I went to Long Beach, had some academic fraud, different podcasts. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was, I was four, you know, four hours up the road. My father never saw me play a college game. Um. My dad never saw me playing professional professional sports. My mom took a train from California to Iowa to watch me play in a College World Series. So like, even though my mom kind of put me in this position, she was still trying to show some efforts getting on a train and to go all the way to Iowa. I mean, that's a big deal. Um, so again, just taking pieces from everything. And then I look at myself and a lot like you, Mike, I want to make sure I do everything for my child that I didn't get or didn't have. And early in life, when we have kids, you don't know what to do, right? You're like, oh, so-and-so told me to do this. I knew what not to do. So anything was better than that. Mm-hmm. And just being a part of Ava's life. And, you know, you you know my daughter very well. I know you know my daughter. Um, just being able to be part of her life, whether it's the kids in the neighborhood, whether it's her life and her friends, because I sit back and all of our children, when you think about it, all have friends as you're starting to get older you know they'll start to do that and you can tell within the first couple of times you meet a young man or a young lady if their father's in their life you can just tell the way they act the way they behave and the way they they adapt to us we interact with them and my wife is is she's the always shouldn't we look at the other side of the uh, the situation and that is not me right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's black, it's white, it's you wronged me, um, it's a wrap. Yeah. And she. so we we butt heads a little bit in a healthy way. But she's always, well, did you ever think about what they're, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm, not I'm not thinking about what they said, they, they posted that on IG about Ava. No, I'm not thinking about what they have to do.
2: <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, but that's where
3: we rub is, we've been married 25 years. Her best intentions are to make our daughter be the best person she can be and, and you know, turn me into hopefully a more understanding person, um, you know, but, but between them. And then I look around at the men that I know in my life and I learn things from other people. But at, at the end of the day, you know, circling back how I, I parent, mm-hmm. how I parent is 100 percent the opposite of how my
5: parents parented me.
1: Yeah. For me, how I parent, it's a tell of the tape. Because how I parent when I was young first, you know, have four kids, you know, three technically, legally, three adults and one child. Right. And um, and how I parent one was I parent the way I was parent, out of kinda of out of fear, right? Like my parents, they wanted me to my mom wanted me to fear her. And I did. I feared her response. feared um, if I didn't do something right. And so that weight that waited that waited on me. That, that waited a lot. Um, and it took me a very long time to really get out of it and kind of really see anything that wasn't in that lens of. And when I grew up, I always remember, I always have did everything. Um, I didn't do it good enough. And man, my mom did some things. Like she, she instilled things into me, man, that you just shouldn't as, a, as, a, as a young kid. Right. And this may sound so stupid, <clears throat> but this, this is how it, how it was. So you know, um, not a very tall individual. And I remember I was, uh, by that, by the time I was at least by 14 years old, I knew how to cook, wash dishes, know how to iron clothes. I know how to wash clothes and also knew how to wash clothes and hang dry clothes without a washing machine and without a dryer. Right. So I knew how to wash my, I would wash my clothes. When I wash machine broke, wash clothes in the tub, right? Hang dry, it, hang it out on the clothesline outside, all of that stuff. Dry, you know, wash it by hand and wring it out in the towel and then <laughs> hang it over the doors, right? You name it, right? And it was very helpful, but it was also, I missed out on just being a kid right? A kid just being silly and I really I was not able to be silly as an adult. I was always serious. I was always about that business. <laughs> I had no time for jokey jokes and I definitely you definitely not having a jokey joke on me and at times that really got in the way because I wasn't jokey joke either at the house. Like they clown the kids clown on me, but I will shut the whole party down. Ain't that right, bound? Right? <laughs> <laughs> like kiki, he, kiki he, 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 he on kiki on back if you want to. But man, I, I came to this conclusion and then just realized, man, is uh it may sound it may sound like somebody's listening to this or watching it. You like, man, shut up, bro. Like dude. You ain't that serious. You, you, you didn't. Man, I really understand that the delusions that we have become the reality of how we operate. And what do I mean by that? We start to think that everybody's trying me. So you start to believe that everybody's trying you so much. That everybody is. So you walking around when somebody jokes, huh, you trying me today, huh? <laughs> the door man, the this person, that person, they trying me today. And that's how I conducted myself. I'm 40, so I would say was about 90% of my of my life right there's times i've because of my job I, you know people have said i i, I would say the phrase sometimes you know, um and i've seen the comments like man he's you know he said something like that he's you know what does that mean i say man I'm, I'm i'm a kid from the hood only each other and that what i'm really what i'll explain is i grew up where the the food that we received was blocks of cheddar cheese, unmarked peanut butter, and so that's the cheese I ate. I I did de- I did not eat uh, pepper jack, um, buffalo cheese. Uh, I, I didn't eat all of that. Huh? I, yellow. Y- yellow. yellow, yellow, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. cheddar.
4: Bro- right. a, yeah. a block yeah. just yeah. dense. Right. Just, and it came yeah.
1: with a
5: bag of cereal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's what I experienced. I didn't experience what my kids are experiencing. I only know, I only knew that at the time. And it took me a very long time to get out of thinking that delusion of everybody's trying me and understanding they're not trying me, bro. They're just not paying attention. They have their own stuff going on as well. They are struggling in this area at their job that you have to be the customer. So you got to give them some grace. Now I may get I, I'm still allowed to be frustrated, but I came right right. I will see you when you get off, right? And it's just it. I, I for me that's. What I ultimately had to figure out and learn, and all, but I also carried that into parenting. Right, looking at my kids, not as my kids, but like hmm, they tried me to do. These little four mongrels, right? It's you know, a lot of left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. But also too, is like, I tried to soften up and then I wasn't able to. And so I parented earlier on. And now as they're older, thank goodness, I get another opportunity to come alongside and try to fill in those gaps and holes that I missed in their childhood. And now we say, hey, you know, even follow up. Like, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was a harsh heartened Guy instead of a lovable, fun loving, because I I could I could be fun loving and then flip the script and all of a sudden be like, bro, you was just mm-hmm. you just loving on me. Now you give me an evil eye. I I, I can stare at the kids, and it's like something's up. Yeah. Yep. And that's just unhealthy. That's unhealthy environment to be. In.
3: Um, you know, I learned from you as a dad as well too. I mean, you've been through it—you know, three going on four times now. So you know, we all learn from each other. But you—you—you—you you, you, you have seen where how your ship has sailed in different seas.
1: Oh man, it's—it's it's crazy, mm-hmm. right? Because I—I could be sensitive at the same time, right? There are times where I'm a dad to my kids, and then there's times where I can see myself. a kid who happens to be a dad. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Ooh. Right.
5: That's a good one. That's, that's a lyric right, right there. That's a lyric.
1: <laughs> and because I'll sometimes like bro there be, there have been times where I want to do some stuff with my kids and they're doing something with their friends. Man, I am super <laughs> duper disappointed. <laughs> yeah. In in my head. Mm-hmm. Now, right. I don't tell them that, mm-hmm. but then I'm kind of, and I'm like, now I'm going, bro, what is the problem? Right? And so, right. like, my my son, Boston. Man, we were, I was like, hey, let's go see Air, right? Because I heard it was a good movie from a, a reliable source I know, right? <laughs> and we were trying to see that movie, trying to get up with each other. And in the past, we weren't able to see it. We had had some scheduling conflicts. He's about to graduate. He was graduating, and he had graduation parties either before or and then after. And then we were trying to do his graduation party and and all of this stuff. And I and I can tell he was. I was like, "Hey, let's you know, you want to go to movies?" And then we were we had a night we can go to movies, but then we had something else in between, so we're trying to squeeze it in. And I can sense a little bit, and I felt myself going what am I possibly informing him that I don't think I I feel that way? And going back in my past, it's like, he probably is thinking, dad is getting irritated. But I was actually, so I I had to tell him, hey, I know you got a lot of stuff going on. We'll watch it. Then he goes, hey, did you know it's on Amazon? I was like, on Prime? I was like, Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> right? Never thought about that. Right. Uh-huh. So we actually just watched it. Now, he started watching it a little bit before. Well, years ago, I'd have been like, oh, so you just going to watch the show without me, huh? Right? Oh, must be nice. Tell me how it is. Don't
5: even watch it no <laughs> yeah, more. Store,
1: storm out the room. But you know what I did? 45 minutes in. I go upstairs and I'm like, hey, can I watch it with you? Bro, he does the best thing ever. He's filming right now, so I might even get emotional. Um, And he he scoots the beanbag over. He says, sure. But that goes with me presenting myself without being sensitive, right? And the reason I'm sensitive, right? Not the Napoleon complex. It's because I just grew up assuming that nobody really wants to be around me. So I've presented myself that I don't want to be around people. Right? That I'm the athlete everybody sees. I'm also a little boy that happens to be an athlete that happens to be a father who's still trying to figure out what kind of person is he gonna you
3: going know, to be? I haven't seen my mom in four years. Scheduling conflicts, we'll go with that. So I haven't seen my mom in four <laughs> years. So she comes down for you Mother's know,
1: three Day. three of it was COVID, though.
3: Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank sure. you. So I hadn't seen my mom in six months. <laughs> <laughs> so she actually came down for Mother's Day. And I was so gassed up because, like, I'm going to see my mom on Mother's Day. So I was talking with Steve, like, you know, we are make breakfast and all this stuff. And, uh, my mom's like, oh, you don't have to do any of that. Now she might have truly in her heart meant I don't have to make breakfast, but I took it as, oh, she's trying. Like she wants me to be over the top, like, oh come on, mom, let me do this. So we had a great visit and everything. So she leaves, gets back to California, and she had sent me a text. so I'd screenshot it and sent it to Steve, talk about how we hold on to things. And I'm 52, had a great visit with my mom. My mother sent writes me a text message that says Son, just, you know, it was great hey, seeing I, you all. Can I read it? Yeah, go, go, go ahead and read can it, because this just shows how we hold on to things.
1: <laughs> so it says, uh, hey, son. Well, we've been home a few days, and we're just starting to relax. we have had such a great time being with you, with you three. I think you are a wonderful father and husband. I am so proud of you. I can see that you are surrounded by love and give it in return. I look forward to being with you again. Love you, son. I said, wow, totally out of left field, huh? Cho goes, yeah, way deep left field at Dodger Stadium.
3: (laughs) And and so then we had a conversation as we're friends. we, We all help each other out and kind of process information. And I truly didn't know how to take that. I truly didn't. I didn't know if it was out of sincerity or it was out of, She was just saying it to say it. So I really struggled like the the whole day. I was sitting there thinking about it. My wife came home. She's like, what's going on? I read it to her and she said the same thing. She's like, well, that was nice. And Ava comes in and says, take the W when you can. (laughs) So that kind of of lightened it up. But that just goes to show how we hold on to things. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I go back to your story. um, The frustration with you. In your wife because she's all in it twenty four seven when you're coming in and doing things, and I understand that piece because we're all working, we're all moving and shaking. But that's the only thing you know to do when you come home because yeah. of how you were brought up. Is mm-hmm. I'm going to try to have fun with my kids. I might only get them for two hours in the afternoon because they're going to bed. But maybe I'm not changing diapers. Maybe I'm not cleaning up. We're just playing a game. Yeah. So I can understand her side of the story, but also you're you're kind of stuck a little bit like. You just want to enjoy them when you can. So when you said that, it kind of resonated with me, for like sure. that's all you could do or, or wanted to do
4: for that mm-hmm. matter. Definitely. And she also, like, she grew up with brothers and sisters. I was an only child. Mm-hmm. So, like. A, it, it, it,
1: you're different in that regard. Yeah. We parent so much out of what we didn't get or or sometimes over. Because we knew what we were missing. I I was at my son's graduation and and one of the speakers said this and it was, it was really good. And it made me think, right. How many times have have we really asked? Because it says, uh, somebody has always asked, especially us guys, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? And a football player, a doctor, a lawyer, a policeman, a basketball player, you know, a, a YouTuber, a TikTok, right? But how many people have asked us about our journey, really? And the other question, the real question was, who do you want to be? And I, and, you know, with each kid, it's a different graduation. But for one particular reason that stuck out to me, what do you want to be? We're asked all the time, but rarely are we asked, who do we want to be? I mean, I think, I think that's just something that one, our society is missing is we focus on what kind of ball player, what kind of scientist, what kind of, whatever major, whatever that degree or, but we never ask about the person
5: that's going in that field. It's a constant battle, you know, especially for myself. Uh, When I retired from the league, you know, I, I mean, see, you know, I I battled depression big time, you know what I'm saying? And And I still deal, you know, day to day, You know, but as I go through my therapy sessions and I'm talking to my therapist, you know, there's one thing that she always says is, who are you? Mm. You know what I'm saying? She always says, who are you? But in a way of not the football player, not the businessman, not the friend, who are you? You know what I mean? And the only thing from 2019, when I started, you know, doing, my going through this mental stuff, um, the only thing that kept coming back to me is I'm a damn good father, mm. you know? And that was, but well, I didn't care about the money. I didn't care about uh, it. I wouldn't even say I was, I'm the best husband because we all got room to improve, but I know I'm a damn good father, you know? And one thing that actually we just talked about this a couple of weeks ago, which is funny. Um, she was like, she asked me every time we in the session, she like, who are you, you know? And I tell her, I'm a damn good father. I'm working on this and this is what I'm working on moving forward. Right. And she says, um, let's be intentional. I'm like, well, what do you, what do you mean? She says, everything that you want to be, you have to be intentional about it day in and day out. Just like when we playing ball, we know what we got to do to get in shape. We got to be intentional about our workouts or lifting weights or doing whatever in the offseason you a damn good father be intentional about that. Mm. So everything that I do with my kids now is intentional, you know, but at the same time, I still catch myself like, oh, I can't, I can't say that. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you say, like you say something <laughs> and you be like, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs>
3: They'll talk to you, Mom. you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how do you think you became a good father? Like what, because you didn't have one growing up. No. Did you watch? How did you learn? So, how do you feel that way?
5: So I would say I learned, like I said, from the experiences that I didn't have, Mm. you know, I learned how to be a good father from not having a father. I think my my story is a little bit unique because I'm like a walking miracle. You know, I was born with a hole in my heart the size of a quarter. Mm. You know, I wasn't supposed to live past five days. Wasn't supposed to ever be able to walk. Wasn't supposed to ever have kids. Here I am, ten years in the league, thriving. You know what I'm saying? So Mm. the fact that like when my wife got the call that she was pregnant with our oldest who was about to be 12. Like I broke down crying cuz I never thought I was going to have kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was one of those things where I I'm so appreciative of the family that I got cuz I never knew that I was going to have a family. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's why I, like I got friends, but all my friends are family. Like y'all are family to me, you know what I'm saying? Because I I I don't believe in friendships because If you're a friend, you're an acquaintance. If you can call me and I can give you anything, you're family Mm -hmm. Uh, and vice versa, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So becoming a father in 2011, when my oldest was born, shaped me to be able to raise a son, another daughter and to be in, constantly in the moment, you know? If my kids were here right now, they would know to be sitting down in the corner right now chilling, you know. One of them, the other two. <laughs> one of them gonna play with the football. The other, one, one, <laughs> <he>? <laughs> the other one that one didn't. The other one could go have the LA stuff off the wall. She, the youngest might try to take the book bag like she like, but my kids know when it's time. To, hey, chill out. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I'm intentional in the way that, like, that I love them. I parent them the way that my wife does it. But like I tell everybody, all I told my wife, you know, a long time ago, like I never had a man tell me they love me
2: yeah.
5: until I was 17.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: You know what I mean? I tell my kids I love them every day mm-hmm. because I want them to know that that's normal. You know what I'm saying what I had wasn't normal. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So now, uh, as I'm in the the age of post football, you know, no more family being secondary to the career, and I can be intentional and know that if all else fails, I'm gonna be a good dad, yeah. right? And I can be intentional with my kids day in and day out, mm. tell them I love them day in and day out, see them go to sleep. That's the, my world is okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm.
3: You know, it's just being able to have that trust with people, you know, like you said, yeah. you know, you you. Trust, we all, Rob is trust each other like we're family, but just mm-hmm. being able to get that takes a while to get over the hump, man. Yeah. You know, when you said, when you said you never had a man tell you love when you were 17, he about came up out of his chair. Like, right? like that resonated with you, man. Like, what?
4: I immediately thought, like, did you reject it when it first happened because it was so foreign?
5: Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I rejected it. There's just certain people you click with. Me and Therian clicked, right? He's not that much older than me, but he, he understood what I was going through. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? As a as a high school athlete and as a a kid growing up that has the fend for himself, the man of the house at a young age, you know? So when he said it, he was like, all right, nephew, love you, boy. It was like one of those quick ones, you know what I'm saying? Like like you did with a girl when you was young. He was like, all right, love you too. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, she called it, you know what I'm saying? It was like, all right, nephew, love you, boy. And I was like, "I right, love you too. Huh? And then it didn't really hit yeah. until I... Kind of sat back and thought about our conversation.
1: Did it? Um. Did you reject it? When was When was the first time uh-huh. you heard? My,
4: my parents always made sure to say it. Okay. A lot. No, it is. Hmm. It is an important thing to to tell people. Yeah. And I do think some people either don't know how to say it or make it out to be too big of a deal in their own head. I'm saying the the sayer, yeah, not yeah, even yeah, the receiver. Yeah. No,
1: that's that's um,
4: job. But yeah, I do think some people hesitate too much. Like, you can be gone tomorrow, and then you're like, oh, I wish I would said that yeah. when I had the chance. Right. And I, I do think people think there's more time than there is. I say this as a Celtics fan right now, when everyone's <laughs> like, oh, we're in the middle of a window. You don't know that. You do not know that. Um, well, so yeah, that's, that's what I, I think of, just saying things, not waiting to say things.
3: Did you know you were loved? Yeah. Oh
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I was I mean, they went one for one. Uh so they just showered me <laughs> with love in the ways that it's not yeah. like they were like pouring gifts on me yeah. and stuff like, like but that you know, but yeah, I, I I never questioned if I was loved.
3: Well, which helped. Yeah, you know. well like you know, my, my dad, my dad would tell me he did, but I would like I didn't believe it. Like, right? Like, how are you gonna beat the brakes off of me? And then two minutes later, it's for it ain't for my own good. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> it is Not for my own good. That this, is putting, that this is not helping me. She's just putting uh, on me.
4: I cannot <laughs> use I'm right on that. But,
3: but like he would say it. Like I didn't like. like yes, I this, heard a
4: change this, of Yeah,
3: this ain't yeah. how you love somebody, Again, yeah. like, yeah, I'm not saying discipline is incorrect. I'm saying yeah. there's ways to provide discipline, and it's not in the manner in which I received it. So, even though he said it to me, it's just like, all right, like, I don't know about that one, man. Like, yeah. I'm
5: going <laughs> to sit on that one. I just don't know. I don't know about it. Yeah. I'm the same way, you know, but I um, I discipline my kids. Mm-hmm. Well, my son. I let my wife handle my girl. I don't, I, don't, I won't put a hand on my girl. Dude. I don't want them to equate that with a man being a to put hands old, You really know, know what I'm saying? But my son, he, if he get it, he get it. But I also have a conversation with him afterwards. You know, like this is the reason why. Make sure you understand. Mm-hmm. This is what you did. These are the consequences that your actions could have caused. This is the reason this happened. You understand? Got it? All right. Turn the Xbox off. You know what I'm saying? Types it's, of, like, yeah. is a is a reason. Yeah, it came out. Of, it came
3: out. Of, it came out of a genuine spot. Like, right. Mine was cuz. So. Oh yeah.
1: See?
5: GP. GP. Morning whack. <laughs> like, <huh? laughs> like what just happened right. here?
3: One
1: bolt. <laughs> Bam. Come on in. Well, so this is my son, Boston. Yes, he's taller than me. Uh, he loves that. <laughs> he's our third. He, well, the second youngest. He used to be the youngest. Uh, I guess the older two says he's my favorite. Um, but what's funny is uh, they all have gotten different, unique opportunities with me that they don't see. Right, but you know, just kind of how it goes. Uh, Cause the oldest Peyton, Peyton's gotten stuff that we th- we we say he's the guinea pig, right? He, <laughs> was, he was. We figured we figured it out. Hey, it worked with him, didn't work with this one, or didn't work with him, but it worked with this one. So it's all balanced. So um, what 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 would you say? Uh, how is how would my my parenting style or skills with, it were for you growing up a little bit. You could be 100. Don't, don't cap. No, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. Um, well, when I was younger, it was sort
2: of like, we did stuff together, uh, like football camps, that yeah. sort of thing. So it wasn't like as much like, like structure, I guess. So mm-hmm. like, there's like no, like getting in trouble, that sort of thing. As I go older, there was, but it was still like, Similar, like not as much, and then now it's sort of like we just chill, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, well. But he, you saw, uh, you got an opportunity to see uh, his older mm-hmm. brother, or sister get in trouble a lot. So I think that also,
2: yeah,
1: he, helped him. Like you know how to slide. A little yeah. Little yeah. Bit. <laughs> Don't, Don't do that one. one. Don't do that one. <laughs> um, so what are some uh, f- funny uh parenting things that have happened there's a lot there's a there's a lot of funny stories out there within our family on, on dad <laughs> i don't
2: know more recent it was funny we were playing like nerds or something like that and i like made a joke about him so he like got up and He grabbed me by the back of my shorts and, like, gave me a wedgie. So that was funny. Um, Yeah, that's probably the most That's what happens
1: when you're taller. (laughs) 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 Makes it a lot (laughs) easier. But, years before that... No, no. no. You would have said a joke like that?
2: Yeah. Now we just, like, joke all together, which is fun. It's like not personal either.
4: It's just like <laughs> it's, it's not personal. Take it personal. It was like ever personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, man. So it wasn't your fault, Bam. It wasn't your fault. No. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I got a question for you, Bam. What's one of his dad sayings? Now everybody got one.
1: Hmm.
5: I, like my kids, when they get in trouble, sometimes I make them do push-up position and oh, hold hell. it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: While hold it. Scared. Hold so. it.
5: If it's burning, you're earning. My, if I say, if it's burning, you're earning. Oh, yeah.
3: they would be like, Daddy, can we go
5: TCBY? Yeah, push-up position. How long can you hold it?
2: Um, so, to go off <laughs> of that, work. I would say, well... If he has like, if we're messing around and he puts us in a headlock or that sort of thing, like, messi- not just like random headlock, but like you try, you try. <laughs> so no, so his go to move is a, a headlock. it. No, I'm, no, I'm got it. just saying if he's like or tickling us that sort of thing, he yeah. says black uncle. That's what we have to say to get out black of it. Black uncle.
1: Black uncle.
2: Sometimes <laughs> we say it anyways, but he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs>
3: What's that? I said, we should try that one now. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: no. they were like uncle, uncle. No. Yeah. <laughs> Black
3: uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, and seeing Boston sit here, just watching you grow up because I've, I've been around a minute, watching you grow up and watching you how you interact with your father. It's it's really cool to see the relationship that you guys have because, like you said, you can chill. You're you're like one of the fellas, like you can cut up with him, you can joke around with him. So it's really, really cool to see that, that you have the availability to do that as you change through the years, man. So sitting back and watching you guys dynamic as well with your other children and, and Ducey's a handful, but just to see, you know, the re- interaction you guys have. And I've seen from years ago to today, it's just really cool that, that you guys get to do what you do together, man. It's, it's really cool to watch. It really is.
1: What's was cool though, it, was, it, it happened by accident is early in my career I uh, used to do football camp and so I did I used to do so I did a football camp here in Charlotte every year and then I would do four or five camps on military base and so we would go uh, through Procter and Gamble shout out to uh, pro camps uh, they're doing other guys. All through the league, they do so many other guys uh, as well. Basketball, baseball, but I would—we were going military. We were going military now. on uh, military base, camp. and man, the coolest part about that is one: Boston has been playing sports illegally and legally, right? You were—you talking about you were, you know, four years old with sixth graders. That was him. At my football camps, he was five years old with seventh and eighth, you know, seven and eight year olds. And so he was always like, he's always been around. So every, every all season for eight years, for eight years, we did camp and he would go with me. And I mean, we went from Scott's Air Force Base. South Korea, Hawaii. Uh, we went to Cherry, Cherry Point several times because it was, you know, it was just close. Um, Florida. Macon, Georgia. It was Jacksonville. Macon, Georgia. Um, was it Austin? I think we went there once. Yeah, because that's where we did that was where we first man, we did uh I fly. And and we did your, i fly back yeah we did i fly back in oh nine, two thousand ten 2010 when it was out there out there and we we've been all around this country uh united states and then obviously one in south korea um and i got the opportunity because of sport but i got that time with boston and there were times where he's me and him are very similar which is funny because I do television, but outside of that, but well, we we we've been in a number of car rides for several hours, <laughs> and no one said anything. How was y'all trip, man? It was great. What was y'all talk about?
3: Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Did he partake in the Sunny D event?
1: At that and camp, I didn't drink this okay. I, did. I told, I told uh, you, man. That's what I said. So, I, so I had a, I had great, a, man. so I had a football camp, and we had a local sponsor. Now, you haven't necessarily been in South and in, in, in North Carolina on a consistent basis, but you, you got a whiff of the humidity at times, right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: you got a whiff Smatter. of it, you know. It's a sprinkle.
1: So we do a football camp and it's, you know, it's in June and bro, it is hot. And guess what our title sponsor is? Sonny D. I don't, <laughs> actually, it was not hot on you. It was well cool. But we had Sunny D when they came out with all the different colors and flavors. Bro, Sunny D was a assassin, <laughs> bro. These kids was barfing up Sonny D. Sure. Like they was giving out free lotto tickets, bro. <laughs> it was, bah, bah. <laughs> but they weren't passing out, bro. Oh, <laughs> it was just yeah. going. Right, oh, it was kids falling out. We probably lost ten kids to, for the next day, bro. <laughs> I walked up to uh, my guy Adam, uh, Adam Ross. I said, Adam, we can't do Sonny D no more.
5: <laughs> He's like Steve,
1: and they gave us. I said, listen, that Sonny D <laughs> is not working as humidity, bro. I have never <laughs> seen so many kids projectile liquid. Kid going for a pass, you could just see it like, oh Sunny D hit him."
5: Nutritional no, value,
1: ten percent right? <laughs> no, no. uh, uh, juice, all tang, <laughs>
5: all, all tang, A little sugar. Oh, a lot of sugar,
1: I think. Dog. these kids was hurt. <laughs> I don't even think they bought them out. We didn't bring them. <laughs> we do not bring them back. We couldn't. It was a liability. <laughs> bro, it was probably it was the worst idea known to mankind. It was not a go, man. <laughs> no, hey, we are not drinking the juice, okay, Dad. <laughs> then he starts seeing them dudes go. <laughs> he figured it out, man. But I mean, it, it's we had some good times. I got, I got some great kids uh, throughout the throughout the throughout the show. I'll bring them on, but uh, throughout the you know season, I'll bring them on, but. Um, they all are unique, in a good way. Like Boston, he's he's like <clears throat> all of my kids are like me to to a degree. Boston is uh, Boston induced, They call us the triplets. All three of us are very similar. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give a wise crack. He's gonna say something. He
4: not accept him, no. huh? <laughs> <He> won't accept one guy. Oh yeah.
1: Definitely
4: not. Black uncle. <laughs> yeah. Black uncle. Man, we'll be
1: sitting there. I'll say somebody'll say something. He'll be like, mm.
3: Right? <laughs> just...
1: And I'll be like, You good? he will be like, Yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. We'll go, All right. <laughs> All right. But it's it's been I I've been um I would say my my family's extremely unique because the light, not the lifestyle of, of, of an athlete, but the lifestyle of always having eyes on us. We've tried our best to enjoy each other and our circle is our set. Like we, we, we do a lot of stuff together. Right. And I think one of the things that COVID really did is show We all may get on each other's nerves and we all, whatever. But man, through COVID, man, we watched the last dance together. That was excellent to have in that time. With Mike, when he did that, that was smart. We sat there every Sunday. And I started doing is, um, man, every two weeks, uh, Rice Krispie Treats. Every two weeks, I would do rice krispie treats, and we started looking forward to it because it was a mark of like two weeks down, right? Because we didn't know, and man, just all those little things and our our uh, our love for pizza. There was a lot of little small things that I think COVID really enhanced for some people, and for me, that's what it really enhanced to show, like all the. Touchdowns I made, all the yards, all the broken tackles, all the great teammates that I've neglected. And I didn't realize I had the best teammates in the world, which is my family. And so it was, it was, it was, it was really good. It was a transitioning period for us. And also, too, is, um, mourning my career, right? Like mourning that I would never ever play. This. I think a lot of players underestimate that. I think a lot of family members underestimate that. I mean, heck, at the time when I was living, I I, I turned my guest room into actually a golf room because when my career stopped, the visitors wound down tremendously. There's no reason for them to come out and visit. I'm like, man, I ain't got no visitors. Turn, I, I actually turned it in, built the, I added onto it and built the golf simulator. <laughs> because we had no visitor. And it's not woe is me, but it shows like the sports as an athlete, how you're looked at. And then when it's done, what you're left with. And what you're left with is your family. But if you don't take care of it, if you don't acknowledge it, if you don't realize it, you can lose it. Big time.
3: Yeah. You said that, you know, you're, you are you had your circle, you have your inner six. You know, you 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 know you talk about your wife. You have, sometimes you get frustrated but the love she shows. You talk about you might have been a better father than maybe a husband. You know, so one thing that all four of us here, we've kind of alluded to it, but like our significant others and how they help shape. Kind of what we do and how we interact. Like I told you, my wife's very, you know, loving, caring. You know, takes care of our daughter and you know helps me become a better person. But like from a parenting thing, what's something that y'all learned? You know, from Mm. your significant other that you've adopted. So for me personally, it is that taking a second to take a deep breath and not just jump into a conclusion like I would do. You say Mm. something. But my wife be like, you know, I, even though I don't want to look at the other side of that story, Kim Fushi, I don't want to look at the other <laughs> side of that story, but I've learned I have to sometimes because sometimes there might be something there that I'm missing that can help me say something to my child, say something to a friend. So it's that for my better half, she's made me a better person and a better parent by just trying to understand things versus just my mm-hmm. ways the right way. And that's that. So what's one thing kind of y'all have taken from your significant other to make you a better parent?
5: Um, I think patience. Oh, yeah. My wife, she she's a a ticking time bomb. You know, she's small, but mighty. she's very impatient. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that forced me to be patient, Mm -hmm. you know? So she's very like kids doing something. She's immediately up, you know what I'm saying? And I'm me, on the other hand, I used to be like that. But now that needs to be a balance, you know, and she lets me she kind of pushes it to me now, cause she knows that she can pop off. The mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So her impatience forces me to, the patient, mm. you know. And I do a lot of discipline with kids, but when she goes, they know they're really mm. mm. You <laughs> see what <laughs> I'm saying? So it's always they have a uh, a healthy fear of that, but they. When she gets going, it's like, they it's like when you hit that, hey, that deep voice, you know what I'm saying? And they call Park perk up. When she get going, they all just yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm sorry, ma'am. I didn't mean it, ma'am. You know what I'm saying? Like they get super respectful. And with me, it's kind of like, I don't know. What made you think about it? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So I, I got the patience because when she get going, I, my, that's on y'all. You know what I'm
1: saying? Uh my significant other, my wife Angie is um, and it's a laundry list of things. Um the thing I've struggled with, um, and I think she does a good job is empathy. She's looking at it, looking at looking at other people's situations. And because I struggle, I struggle with that because the way I grew up is you don't really, I really didn't see other people trying to help us. Hmm. So it's sometimes difficult for me to see it that way. I'm like, yeah, what do say? Update for everybody, (laughs) 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 right? And I'm not trying. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Yeah. And so I I I I struggle with that. I I can do it sometimes, but then there's other times, right? You know, and then, um, for me is, and then another part, logical, like too much logic, not enough, like feeling. i like, man, that, that really hurts, you know? <laughs> Got school in the morning, <laughs> <no>? <laughs> <laughs> right? So just trying to, try to balance that, right? Um, but I mean, just to end it though, cause my boy is here, uh, one of my boys, um, you know, one of the biggest, I think one of the biggest struggles that I know is, and, and I've said it on other shows, and, and I know I've saw some people go, like, bro, or like, I don't i don't get it. Even now, I, I love my boys. I still kiss them, you know, give them a hug, give them a kiss on the cheek or something. Uh, I show affection. And the reason I do that is because there are so many times when we put them to bed. I put them to bed and I walked down my hallway as a father, but I walked down a hallway struggling that I know I was not kissed to bed. I was not told, I love you, see you in the morning. So there are times I walk down as a man, walk down as a father, but I can see myself 10,000 feet above, walking as a little kid, going, I know what I miss. And when that internal battle goes on so much, it impacts you. It stings you in no way that it screws up your day. You wake up some days angry and disappointed. And man, there were times I played in the league. The league saved me because I woke up pissed off a lot of days. So when I walked in that locker room, I walked in that locker room as a wounded young man. And so now today is man, I, I I get up, man, and you know when he was when he was at school, when he was in high school, and I get up, and it's funny is I was such an intense dad, but man, them the, the kids know I get up and I whip up some breakfast. And this dude would be like, bro, I don't want to talk. But. He'd be like, Who <laughs> <laughs> And, but I get, every morning, I get up, high energy. And he eat, he take the high energy eat, but he wasn't <laughs> want to interact though. <laughs> 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 you know? And so yeah. that was, that was, that was, that was something that, you know, I know, um, each and every day I had to work on. You know, I can't be, I, I'm proud of all my kids. right? My oldest is doing, you know, getting his master's in the county. My daughter, uh, is, is embarking on, uh, being an entrepreneur. And then obviously he's embarking on going to college, going to Liberty University. And man, um, no offense to y'all, but I'm the luckiest dad, man. The luckiest dad in the world. I got I got four fantastic, smart kids. But more than anything, you know, we talk about it too. And, you know, we have, a we, uh, when they allowed me to be in a group text, because I'm Team Android, um, <laughs> they allowed me to be in a group text. Um, I believe in it. And I can see it with them as um, Smith Gang. Like we, we, we fit. And, um, and it's pretty cool is they all got little tattoos with their significance of their number. Because also two of my family in, in our, in our household, in our six, ranking where you're ranked, like not ranked in like your birthright order is real. You get in the car and I'm driving, right? Otis calls the shot. And then the second oldest, even though he's taller than all of us, <laughs> he in the back. Yes. <laughs> <are> you, taller? <laughs> you know, but it also, there's a responsibility, right? The oldest. And when you're the oldest and you, you know, you're around, whoever is the oldest, that's your ranking. You have more responsibility, but you also have more leeway. You know, Peyton's the oldest, he, he's he's required more. Like, there's conversation I have with him that I don't have with the other two, the two oldest. I, I just don't. And I, I, I won't bring it up. Because I was the oldest and I know responsibility. But I don't want the responsibility or the pressure of being the oldest on the responsibility. I want them to have the pleasure of where they are in the birth world in and their individualism. So, man, it's been a great, it's been a great episode. I'd like to thank Coley, my co-host, former teammate, and good friend, Mike Tober, business partner, booking manager, Joe Fushi, Boston Smith we rarely call him boston was and uh his name is bam but when he gets called boston
5: <laughs> oh, <intro. laughs>
1: sometimes now he's older i call him boston just to mess with him yeah. he'll get a look <laughs> but also um bam who's was, was doing some photography some videography for us he's embarking on liberty high school to do uh, what's your major college liberty high school yeah liberty it's university for right. yeah that was for sure. Sure. yeah so I'm looking looking forward to him and you know when he gets opportunity uh, we'll allow we'll allow cut to it as uh you know we'd be his guinea pig uh but I mean, he's, he's doing real good that's crazy yeah he was four
5: when I first met child. yeah yeah he grown yeah I, it seems like maybe a year or two ago, mm. saw him. He was like, "Hey man, you seen Bamlet?" I said, "Nah." Showed me a video of him dunking. I was like, "Hold oh, well, on, he get six anything?" <laughs> I ain't get that tall, it anything.
1: Yeah, it's the same thing with um with TD and his son. Oh boy, that boy's a giant man. <laughs> I
5: ain't seen TJ in a couple years. Yeah, man, TJ taller than him. Toilet, way, yeah. way more than teaching. Like,
1: oh my God, yeah. freshman in high school. Yeah. So i like, hey, looking like Calais Campbell. <laughs>
5: That's
1: exactly who he looked like. <laughs> a, just a mammoth of a man. Yeah. You're like, what do you do? Anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. <laughs> All right. That's the episode of the Father's Day episode. Appreciate it. I'm Steve Smith, Sr. Mike's over. Joe Fushi.